What's going on, guys? How's everybody doing? Thanks for uh, joining. It's just after 1 p.m. Uh, Friday evening, New York time. We're going to get started in a sec. I'll just give uh, everyone a moment or two to to sign in and get situated. Hopefully, everyone's doing well. Made it to the weekend. Hopefully, everyone made it to the weekend without losing their hats. Pretty crappy week, but... Maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel. All right. Uh, I'm going to make it quick because I'm going to try to speed through what I normally take like 20 minutes to go through because all I have is an hour. So 2 p.m. my time. It's a wrap. We're done. So try to get in uh, as many people as possible. With that in mind, whenever you're you know on the call, be uh, mindful of everyone else because, um, again, it's uh, time is um, time is restricted today. But we'll stay on for an hour. But all right. So um, a few things, obviously, first and foremost, um, you know, my name is Ryan, also known as Karen Clark on Twitter. Uh, this is a call in. So you guys have opportunity to ask questions to, um, you know, voice concerns, touch on pretty much anything. Obviously, the primary focus and reason people are here is, is for crypto. But we talk about legacy markets. Uh, we'll talk about pretty much anything under the sun as long as it doesn't get too controversial. But sometimes it's boring enough that we need to push the limits anyway. Right. But. Hopefully, we're going to have uh, some volatility show up in the near future. It looks like Bitcoin is um, pushing down again, but <clears throat> wouldn't get too excited about anything yet. Um, as a reminder, none of this is uh, financial advice. This is strictly for entertainment purposes only. And with that being said, um, just some thoughts to start. Uh, I had a live stream yesterday. Um, you know, one, I guess positive piece of news for the markets, even though it's a negative piece of news overall, uh, was um, GDP being negative 1.4%, right? So when the yield curve inverted, uh, this is within the last month, um, when the yield yield curve inverted, uh, that's usually a sign that precedes a recession, you know, almost all the time. But it's it's, it's very... It's a it's a far leading indicator. So it, you know it usually takes like twelve to eighteen months after that. But we're seeing that obviously yesterday's GDP print uh, indicated that the economy is not necessarily doing as well as Powell's and and the Fed stated uh, in their earlier meetings, which was more or less, um, you know, it, it essentially gave them permission or gave them a little bit more runway to be a bit more hawkish and to you know unwind the balance sheet and. And, and hike rates a little bit more aggressively uh, because they were sort of hinging on the, you know, the, they, were, they were basing their actions on or around the fact that the economy was robust and strong and they kept sort of anchoring on, on that language, which was, again, um, which was a sort of a bad omen if you were bullish because that meant that they thought that the, that the market or think that the market can withstand taking a hit um, you know, the hits that come along with the rise in interest rates. Um, so that is kind of a positive for markets, right? If we have, again, it sounds kind of sick, but if you have the economy that's not necessarily, an economy that's not necessarily doing well, it's not, you know, in this kind of political environment, um, in this, uh, in these market conditions, it might not be the best idea for them to stop on the, step on the gas pedal with, with hikes, right? Um, especially going into midterms. So we have that. So, we have the FOMC coming up in just over a week, uh, and I think that you don't want to fade. I think you don't want to fade the market's course of direction um, after that, right? So if we see that 
it's sort of a, a by the a by the news kind of event. Um, depending on what kind of hike we see, you know, unless they hit us with a curveball, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't fade that. Unless, you know, <clears throat> I always say within the thirty minutes of that that it's it's going to be a scalper's paradise. Um, so what I mean is. If we pump right after, I'm not talking about not fading that. I'm talking about what takes place over the coming days. You know, we could see some, we could see some risk appetite come back into the market, and, and it's possible at that point that, you know, a good amount of the downside or, or pressure is behind us, and we could be looking at a period of relief. Just because, just because how the market responded um, to yesterday's GDP print. Uh, and what that means potentially for, you know, what the Fed's course of action is going to be moving forward. I think this is something that is um, it's a potential shift, right, that is worth paying attention to. Um, but again, we have the FOMC coming up, so I wouldn't get too aggressive. It's the end of the month right now, honestly. Um, the market is markets right now are moving down. So we have, you know, we have. Um, we have equities moving down right now, but we have end of month flows. We have rebalancing. We have op- options expiry as well. And I mentioned this yesterday in the stream. There's a pretty significant amount of open interest at the 41.5 or 41.50 strike put um, in index options. So we could see some, you know, kind of wonky behavior that you would expect. The end of the month flows are, yeah, you know, they're end of the month flows. That's the way it is, right? So if we're going to be continuing to press down into the close, I wouldn't necessarily fade it. Um, you know, I would probably just take, I would, I would take the weekend off, uh, and come back, uh, you know, May 2nd when, when we open up again. Um, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to go over with, with alts. You know, I just want to briefly touch on GDP and what that means for the market. You know, we still have, and, and on top of that, we still have like war supply chain issues that are, they're still lagging. It's not necessarily the case that they're like completely behind us and we've seen, you know, peak inflation either. So, there's a lot, right? It's just the, it's the, it is the trend for a year, for the year. This is the way things are. Just, we don't have an accommodative Fed, you know, but possibly right now we might see, you know, maybe some easing um, and it'll be really, pay, really important to pay attention to their language and their actions moving forward. Um, more important, obviously, their actions than their, than their language or, and more importantly, ultimately how the market responds, right? Because, you know, we know that there's plenty of times where the Fed is saying one thing, but the market is, interpreting it completely differently. Uh, as far as alts getting hammered across the board, can't see a real reason to, to be in any alts. Honestly, there's idiosyncratic flows in some of the more popular, you know, in, in very small places. Um, so meme, you have ape and then you have uh, GMT step. Um, and you have a bunch of people that are continuously trying to short these because they're the ones that are still moving up. They still look like they still look like they haven't put in a high yet. So, you know, it brings in a ton of, of short interest. Um, and it, we see that this persists for some time. Like Ape can continue to make new highs because there's every, you know, jerk out there trying to short it down to zero. And uh, they're just helping it move up. Really, you just need people to kind of give up on that um, or to squeeze all those shorts out. And it's possible that, you know, it's possible that we, we, we might have put in a high at this point. I posted two days ago or a day and a half ago, like if you're trying to short ape, like you haven't learned your lesson right after that, ape pumped another 25%. Looks like you finally got a blow off top though, honestly. So what I was talking about in my stream was, Hey, it still looks like a long because it hasn't even blown off. Um, and then we know once you have a blow off, like it's never one and done, right? There's usually a, a second attempt, a third attempt towards that high. Um, so those are things I just would stay away from like short, like, 
some people, they just have to try to short something that has been very popular and been very strong, like just to, I don't know, kind of stroke their ego. But I would just completely avoid those pairs. And at this point, you know, we're well away from areas that I would long from um, as well. Everything else is kind of just just dumping across the board um, between four and, and 10 percent. Uh, just most most alts in the red against, you know, USD and against BTC and ETH. The sort of dark horse in the market right now um, is, uh, and it's it's not an unknown, so I can't really say it's dark horse, but Monero has been, I just looked at this, Monero has been outperforming everybody um, for this year, right? Minus like obviously Ape and, and some other pairs that clearly there's been some outperformance performers on a percent basis. But for this quarter, the majors, the S&P, Monero is only down like 1.6%, I think. Could be a little bit more than that. Maybe it was six, can't remember. Everything else was double digits though, right? Um, and it's not just, you know, anchoring it from the beginning of the quarter where you see that. You go all the way through from tops, from peaks to troughs, and, and it's still the same story. Monero has been, uh, so XMR has been outperforming everybody. No, listen, it's not something you can easily buy. There's a lot of regulatory risk. Exchanges don't really list it. Um, but uh, it is something worth paying attention to because, Listen, it um, it very much it, it, it's there's a case to be made for it now in this environment with what's taking place uh, geopolitically um, and you know across countries as a whole. So I think that kind of covers it. Last thing I'll say is you know this move down, like I, I started saying earlier in, in the, the call in, this move down. It looks like it might get some. It, it looks like it might have some flows behind it, but. I don't know. I just I would anticipate that what has been the norm to continue to be the norm. And what you're seeing is really the market constantly looks like it's taking out a local low and, and inspiring, you know, ideas of continuation. And then you're just seeing it stall briefly. There's a pick a huge pickup in open interest. And it's really just, you know, constant poaching of longs and shorts, depending on what side we're, we're moving through. So if you look at every local low that we put in, you know, you might see it more specifically on Bybit yesterday. The days prior is Binance and a combination of, of you know, Binance, FTX, and, and Bybit. But, you know, people are getting really aggressive, anticipating a much larger break. We have a pretty significant cluster of support below us. It goes from monthly, weekly, down to daily. Um, I don't think that you could expect every level between there to serve its purpose. I think that if you break 37K, there's a lot of stops to be ran. I think you can get a pretty pretty ugly move down. I don't know if I would want to blindly step in the way of that unless it was at a major extreme. Um, so unless it was maybe at the daily, right? So like around, what is it? The daily is the lowest daily close this, this quarter, um, is all the way down at 35. Um, I think it's possible to move pretty quickly, uh, from 37 all the way down to 35. Don't know, don't know necessarily if I would want to step in the way right there, but it remains to be seen. Obviously if I'm in front of it and I see something compelling, I'll, I'll take a trade, but we're in a range. We're in a higher time frame range, a year-long range. We're in a quarterly range that's more compressed within that. We're at the lower portion of the structure, yes. Um, but really, anything goes right now. This is just a market that's being led around by the S&P. So, like I said, if, if we see a change in the narrative, a change in the tone from the Fed, if you look at the VIX, like, all the way out, um, just VIX futures, you can see that everything is really elevated. So VIX has been over 30 more recently. Uh, now now I think VIX is down back below 30. I, I've got to double check on that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of volatility. There's a lot of uncertainty in markets. What that means is, I mean, what that has also led to is um, a pretty skewed put call ratio. 
Um, you see that again, you know, this month's options uh, in the S&P, if you look at that 4150 strike um, put, it was like, I think the open interest on that alone was like 8,000, 8,500 maybe. Um, so there's a lot of people that are anticipating downside. So I can't really get my finger on it, honestly. I mean, you know, in social media, depending on what pocket you're in, it's either, you know, it's unanimously bullish and then, and then go into another pocket and it's unanimously bearish. I think you just, when it comes down to this, you just have to go with the flow on, you know, <laughs> no joke, go with the flow, right? Follow the flow. Um, you know, it's, just, it's really difficult to pick up on sentiment flows right now, though, in the options market are very pessimistic. So, Hey, that's, that's something. Um, to focus on, right? That's a little bit more material than, you know, t tweets uh, or, or CNBC or, you know, whatever. Hopefully you don't watch CNBC um, to get your sentiment from CNBC, but just, you know, I think you get my, my drift. So if we do have relief, right, and we see that a significant amount of that downside protection was bought, you know, if we see that unwind and we see the corresponding hedges unwind with that, you know, from options market makers, options dealers that, yeah, we have, you know, we have plenty of ground that we cover back to the upside. And then you could still be in a range for a long period of time, right? You know, if we look at the S&P, and then I'll just open it up real quick because we're 15 minutes in now. Um, if you look at the S&P, it's entirely possible that we spend, you know, well into 2023 within a range, even between 4K and, you know, our all-time highs, right? There's, you know, that, that, that has, that's an, something that a lot of people have actually brought up that maybe this is just one of those sort of lost years, um, and it's a big ass range and Hey man, as long as you're not, you know, constantly looking for the trend continuation to all time high or, or continuation down to doom, you'll do all right. Right. So as long as you could identify what, uh, environment you're in. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up. Just remember, be mindful of everybody's time. Keep it quick to the point. Um, and we'll get this in for the weekend and, and everyone can enjoy their weekend. All right. R what's up, man? Hey, you're muted, bud. You're still muted. The mute button, I, it's it's should be on the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. If it's the same for you as it is for me. It looks like a zero with, um, it's like a zero sitting in a, I mean, it's meant to look like a generic microphone, but. All right, I'll give you a second, then I'm going to move on. And if you get it working again, you can hop back on. Still, still muted, but all right, so I'm going to move on to Digi. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Ryan, how's it going, man? Good, buddy. How's the garden? Uh, doing good. A lot of bacteria. <laughs> it was really wet here, so I'm just fighting bacteria and fungi. Um, all across the board, basically. It's like, it's like a market doing, I've been outside garden. in the garden the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was um, going to actually ask you about, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trading AVAX a lot daily. Uh, it's the pair that I've been, been, been able to, like, make the most money out, you know, doing what I do. And um, I was thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm short since like 70 bucks and I, I was thinking about closing my shorts you know at the next uh structural level on the weekly somewhere around like 56 dollars in that cluster in between 58 56 dollars um do you think we could see any sub 
30s for Bitcoin. And also, you know, all of this, you know, world situation, how, how do you think it could impact, uh, you know, the price of homes, if you could give some input on that? Uh, I mean, j just as far as AVAX first. So you're short from 70. You're kind of running into an area that you might expect some stop runs to occur and some kickback. Um, but I think if just because everything's been drawn out for a while now, we, we possibly could be getting to that point where we finally do get like the more significant flush to the downside with AVAX and, and maybe with BTC too soon. Obviously, if BTC moves down, AVAX is going down too. I, I personally, you know how I, I am. I If I was short from 70... I mean, I'd be a little bit worried about this little area right here, but it looks like it's probably just going to puke through. But I would definitely be closing it around 60, 59 region uh, just because that's, you know, it's a low that really stands out that we haven't retested since, you know, January of this year. Um, it would be just the first test since then. Uh, I mean, unless you consider like the, there was like a brief back. No, it was actually just one day they were down there. Um, so I would probably be closing out my position into that level just because we've seen how many times this market like turns for a while before it ends up continuing down anyway. So you could get a move that, you know, you could be right about the direction. AVAX could end up at like 40 bucks in the next two months. But on the way there, it could go back up to 80. It could go back down to 55. It could go back up to 65, you know. So I, I just would, the norm in this market hasn't been like just very easy trending moves to take advantage of it's easy it's easy in hindsight but you know how when you're trading it during it um it's just it's a lot of back and forth and, and constantly like making you second guess your positions uh as far as housing that's not my like that's not my forte but I, i will say that the what i can give you is just my experience in the last you know 20 years um for, i mean it, i mean going back to the housing crisis is a different thing but People have always been talking about a drop in housing. And now you have like big banks and, and big corporates that are actually buying up real estate, um, which is making it more difficult for people to you know buy residential homes to begin with. I, I don't know. I never really like I, when I when I get this question, I think that people are asking because they like kind of want to wait to buy a home and you know are expecting maybe like a market crash and they want to jump on it. I don't, I don't know that timing the housing market is not my area. And I think that it's not, it hasn't really been anyone's area that I know. Um, and I just have seen that over time, housing prices have just continued to go up. I think that if you look at like, you know, there's a possibility of a cooling off, but I don't think we're going to see a major correction. Um, but, that, you know, again, I, I preface it by saying it's not my, it's not my area, but, you know, interest rates going up, that's not, that's not a very attractive environment for buyers. Um, you know, when you think of interest rates were floored and now they're up at what, like five to 6%, that's a, that's a shock compared to what it has been the norm recently, but that has been the norm going on, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, so it wasn't always the case that interest rates were really low. People had been, you know, buying homes and, and taking out mortgages with interest rates that were much higher. Um, the interest rates have trended down over time, but You know, it's not it's not uncharted territory for us to be back in this to be back in this sort of five to six percent territory. And there's there's a lot of people that still have, you know, a significant amount of money that are looking to put it somewhere. And the market is st still very competitive. All I can say is, yeah, I guess this is the best uh, thing I could say, but it's still kind of anecdotal. I have a lot of friends that are in real estate. They've actually I've had a lot of so I don't know if anyone is 
maybe it's timing is a little poor now, but uh, I've had a lot of friends in the last five years that have transitioned out of their original careers, totally pivoted and gone into real estate and done, you know, done incredibly well. Um, and all they talk about still from, I have friends that are, I have a friend who is a high, high, high end um, real estate person in for the Hamptons. So only selling homes that are 10, 20, $30 million. Really weird market from what he said. Like just the stories I hear are just <laughs> mind blowing. But he hasn't seen a slowdown at all. And I have friends that are lower, you know, not lower, but yeah, lower, you know, lower residential, normal type of stuff, um, suburbia uh, that have said the same thing. They're not seeing a slowdown at all. But I'm also living on an island where you can't build beyond what you have. So I live in New York and I live in Long Island and there's only so much space. Uh, so there's scarcity to deal with around here. But um, that's all I have, man. I don't I don't know much about uh the real estate market beyond what I read that you could read as well. I agree with that. And it's also over here, not slowing down. Um, I don't think that the interest rates, even if they raise to like 15%, I don't think they're going to deter people from leveraging their funds. And the big problem for me being a small fish in the market for houses and not having enough capital is, Rent is also going up. Uh, my landlord's using CPI to justify a 6% increase, uh, which is nuts. Um, because, you know, salary, it, well, trading, you, you, you can get above that, you know, you can if you have enough capital and you know what you're doing. But the problem is that it's just everything's getting more expensive and more expensive all day. And I, I just don't know, you know, I am like, am I really going to be throwing 30 grand a year? into a property I'm renting or should I be putting that with a down payment, you know, considering the amount of funds that I have, which you already know, but I'm not going to discuss publicly. It's not a lot. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's not a lot for being able to buy a property. Yeah. But it's funny because the amount that you have is probably more than 99% of people have, you know, even in the United States, which is kind of, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm it, grateful for it. Don't, don't get yeah, <laughs> I, but but listen, I don't. I mean, I, I there's there's mixed feelings when it comes to like, should you continue renting? Should you continue buying? You could see really compelling arguments for either side. I personally, you know, I I remember being a renter when I was younger, um, and after I bought my first home, like, there's no feeling of of owning. I, I mean, for me, there's no feeling of owning your own spot, and and having you know having that asset and it's not yours yet, obviously, because the bank owns it. But, um, with, with myself, like my wife and I, we always made a point of like never really having much of a mortgage. So keeping a mortgage, but paying like a majority of the house, um, outright, um, but never giving it all because at that, you know, for me, it was always like, why would I want to pay a house, you know, completely cash when I could put that money to work better somewhere else, you know, I could earn more, you know, it's a different story. Now it might make people a little bit more aggressive with buying, you know, if they have the cash to buying a house cash because interest rates are higher. Whereas, you know, what I'm saying is, was ultimately when interest rates were lower, it didn't make sense for me to, to uh, put all that money, sink it all into a house when I could put it to work and the interest rates were so low that it, you know, I could beat that on the market. But yeah, I don't know, man, it's, it's a tough environment right now. Definitely a tough environment. You know, when my friends uh, who are a little bit older uh, and 
you know, 43, 45, 50, they already have their own home. And they're asking me, why do you keep renting me? And they send me uh, Zillow posts all the time on text. I got one friend that's uh, really cool and she's uh, she's super close to us and the family. And she's like, you know, always being like, you guys got to go to get your own ownership of a home. But honestly, when I think about it, I think the same as you. If I am, if I have a good system for trading and I am able to keep up with it and be neat and follow the rules and be accountable and write down uh, and, and journal and review my performance and analyze and improve constantly. And I am getting more than 6% or I'm getting more than inflation. Why would I park my working capital in an asset? I mean, houses are very liquid where I live, uh, extremely liquid. Like a house will sell in a day, maybe yeah. eight hours after they post it. Like, Seriously, and I'm talking about all sorts of houses. I'm talking about high-end, low-end, everything right. that sells here. And even low-end, you're paying $500, $600 per square foot. Like, it's stupid. The price is yeah. stupid. So I'm like, eh, you know, um, I'd rather continue developing my edge. Yeah, there's something to be said for that, and there's nothing wrong with that. And at the end of the day, you just got to do what you think is right. And when the timing, when the timing's right for you to get a home, you'll know. And and that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. It's not like you know. I feel like one of the bigger issues with younger people is that like <clears throat> they have like an idea of like what they should have by a certain point because that's what they've been told and that's what they've seen. But at the end of the day, like you got to just kind of forget all that shit. If it's working for you right now and it's the best you know situation for you to be in right now, that's what you have to do. You know, I. It's tough because, you know, when my wife and I bought our new home, it was like we, we got really lucky with the house that we're at now. We were going to ultimately build, but the market was just like so aggressively competitive that it was disheartening. You know, it's disheartening for a lot of people now. You know, if you wanted to buy if you wanted to buy your first home, that's different because I feel like a lot of people now, especially where I live, it's like if you're a professional and you're buying your first home, like your options are really limited and you're competing for things that are not worth, you know, with they're way overpriced compared to what they're worth a couple of years ago. And then you're p- competing, you know, on the side with extra cash. And it's just, um, I don't know. It's, it's, you, you got to do what you're, what you're comfortable doing. And if that means renting for a while longer, cause you could put that money to work better, you know, somewhere else. Or, um, you know, like I said, though, it's, it's very, it's personal, right? I agree with that. Well, I'll leave the space for somebody else to talk. Um, I haven't seen anybody else climb up, but I I think it's important to be mindful of uh, the space for others as well. Thank you, Ryan, as always. I appreciate you. Love you, friend. uh, I love you too, bud. I'll talk to you later, man. All right. Does anyone else want to hop on? We have like uh, 30 minutes left. Don't all jump on at once, guys. I personally, I I would love for, um, I mean, just because we've been kind of grinding down now, the daily trend is, it's pretty, uh, it's for the last, going back to the middle of April, you know, it's it's a marginally lower highs and lower lows. Um, I personally would like to see this expand. I mean, the, 
the, the crunch lately has been kind of gross. I would like to see us break lower at this point, just because we've been grinding lower. I'd like to see us break lower because if you're if if we break out of some kind of consolidation like this, we're bound to have at least I would say at least like a week or two of of great trading conditions. Um, so I'm just praying that we get a move like that. I mean, if we rip up, that's fine. But I feel like if we rip up, we have overhead resistance. It's quite a distance away from us right now. And I can see us kind of just stalling out again. Sandy, what's up? Hey, Sandy. Can you hear me? Yeah, Hello? how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, Ryan. How you doing? You good? Good. So I'm sorry. I just thought I'd take the advantage of the fact that nobody was really coming on and just, but this might be a bit of a silly question, but I was curious about what you thought about the Apple's earnings today, because I haven't had a chance to really look, but I noticed that it was going to be um, um, released today. To... Well, Apple's earnings, they came out yesterday. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's how clued up I am. Do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apple, Apple beat earnings. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think they beat them by kind of a wide margin and the markets markets across the board kind of pumped briefly. Yeah, I kind of so noticed Apple, that. I'm sorry, Karen. Yeah. No, yeah, no problem. They after the bell closing bell yesterday they released and um, you know, Apple is like, oh, I mean, thank God they thank God they hit because it, I mean, True. if they didn't hit, it would it maybe we would finally have like the final stake in the market to to bring us lower or maybe we could start recovering at that point, but if um if Apple was going to have poor earnings, yeah, we probably would have been down. We probably would have moved down faster just because Apple is 6% of the index. But Apple's doing all the carrying right now. It's, you know, it's it's not all of it, but it's it's doing a lot of the lifting for, for um, at least equity indices. Yeah, it just seemed that way. Yeah, so that's why I was kind of a bit concerned. And when I didn't quite understand what was going on, I was like, oh, sorry, I'll just, I'll just ask him and just see what was going on, you know? But yeah, Amazon for... had... Ter- Amazon had terrible earnings. Robinhood mm-hmm. had terrible earnings. Yeah, so um, so Apple's so, doing all the carrying. But like I, I mean, I'm an Apple fan, so I guess <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But I'm thinking, hey, like I constantly buy new Apple products. Yeah, for no, same, you know, yeah. for I don't no even good need reason. it. Like <laughs> the new phone comes out, when you touch the new phone, you're like, I kind of think I need this new phone. <laughs> I know. I'm trying. It's hard to justify. I do some music stuff, so I kind of think, yeah, I'm not going to get used to using anything else. And it's like, you know, you can just share shit and stuff, so it's pretty good. But yeah, they're but, smart. So mm-hmm, yeah. that's it. Well, thanks for clearing that up for us, anyway. Um, I'll, of course, Andy. This stuff, okay. I'll let somebody else come on. Okay. Bye. Good talking to you. Man. You too. All right, R. Let's try to get you on again. See if you got that mute button undone. Hey, right. Hey, what's up? There you go. Hey, hey, uh, thank you. Um, and uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate all the content you put on Twitter and everywhere. So um, there's a general question I have regarding the, uh, so this doesn't, this is not like, you know, showing disrespectful or being cynical or pessimistic. I do wish well for everybody, but um, I want to just, I just want to hear your thought process on um, revealing the identity on the social media, especially having such a, such a large following um, that, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, identity, the place where you live in and all that. Um, so, yeah. Oh, you want to know what it's, wait, clarify that again. So I want to know, know your thought process behind um, revealing your identity on the social media oh, without okay. being, I have a... yeah, without being uh, cautious about um, everything. So, I mean, I, I, have so as far as like, there's a lot of people in crypto that don't reveal their identity for, identity for a bunch of reasons. 
Um, some of them are, they want to remain really private. They're like cypherpunks. They, they don't pay taxes. They you know, want to remain completely anonymous. So you could check that box off because I pay taxes. I'm a pretty normal person. Um, the other reason that people, you know, one, no matter what, if it was crypto or not, um, having a big following is, you know, it, it it's kind of overwhelming because you have a lot of people constantly messaging you. You have the potential for people to want to get closer to you and meet you. And I haven't had any real issues with that. Um, I've had, I have made a lot of great friendships. Um, I've never had a worry. Um, and then the third is like, you know, potential security reasons. Obviously there's OPSEC, um, that comes along with crypto more specifically because it's a bearer instrument. So, you know, unless you're keeping the seed phrase in your head, someone could, they could rob you, right? They could come to your house and, you know, you might not open the safe for them, but if they pull a fingernail off of yours, you'll probably start opening a safe. Um, I, uh, without getting into too much like grim detail or, or reveal too much that I, you know, haven't revealed. And, and I'm, again, I'm a pretty public person. I, I, people know that I live in New York. Some people know more specifically where I am because I'll share restaurants. Um, but I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty certain about my personal ability and my personal safety and, and my security. Uh, I haven't, you know, for certain reasons that I won't go into, um, but it's never really been that much of an issue of mine. I think when people meet me in person, they realize why I'm one of the reasons why I'm not that worried, but <laughs> I'll keep it, uh, I'll, I'll keep it, um, I'll keep it light and uh, keep it PG right now. But yeah, it's not something that, you know, it's different and you have to consider it. And there are some, you know, I've heard some horror stories from other people, um, some, you know, bad experiences, but I have not had any yet. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I can say. Right. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thanks so much. Of course. I'll, uh, I'll just leave the space for others to talk. Thanks. Okay. Nice talking. Thought I might have to get into specifics about, you know, weapons training and the amount of ammunition I have and cameras, but <laughs> all right, guys. Daniel, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, buddy? Hello, mate. How you doing? Good, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good to hear your voice. Good to be on. Thank you uh, for putting out the content as always. Of course, man. Um, Quick question with regards to rates and the FOMC meeting. Um, I think it was you who picked this up from. You know the ZQ contract, um, yeah, the federal, yeah. the Fed, the quarterly Fed. So I'm looking at that. Per, I'm, I'm sure. Is that something that you've shared in the past? Yeah, I've shared that in the past. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for that. Um, but I'm, so I'm looking at that, and that's priced at 75 bips, pretty much. Um, how much do you would you read into that? As in, the market seems to have priced in seventy five bips for me. Is, is how I read that. Um, would you, Would you agree? Firstly, and, and you know, what yeah, you it looks like. To... Go on, sorry. It looks like at least fifty percent. You know, across the board, is there's you know, most of the market right now is is pricing in the fact that we're getting a seventy fifty percent is pricing in that we're getting a seventy five percent yeah seventy five basis point hike but okay. I, I don't know i mean it it hasn't been it hasn't been you know perfectly accurate in the past um there's been a lot of interesting you know behavior with what the market expects for the last couple of months and how the market has responded and and whether or not we've completely priced things in and 
you know, there's a conversation for a long time or agreement rather consensus, excuse me, that the market already priced in all the rate hikes. And, you know, it looked like it did because the Fed jawboned rates significantly. But then still in every, you know, in the meetings we've had so far, the market hasn't had a problem in moving down. So I don't know. I wouldn't give too much weight to it. Um, uh, If anything, I think the more significant thing to pay attention to now is what the language is regarding, you know, uh, I mean, if they hike that much, then that would be a curveball. But I don't think we're going to get a 75 basis point rate hike. I think that uh, it's more important to pay attention to like what their language is regarding um, GDP and, and how they respond after that. You know, 50 basis points in the face of that. Probably, honestly, still, I could see them. I could see them saying something like, I, "I posted this morning, like it was a joke." But I mean, let's be real. Like a lot of things that have happened recently have would have seemed like jokes not too long ago. Um, that you know, the GDP print is transitory, or yeah, you know, so you saw they're talking about like Biden was saying this, and a couple of people were saying it, like, "Oh, it was only it was only that bad because of certain specific reasons." Like. Very, it was a very silly sentence that he said. It was like, you know, oh, it was only, you know, negative uh, 1.4% because we included this and that. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Like, it's bad because it's bad. Like, if you took away all the bad things, yeah, it wouldn't be bad. But it is what it is. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm like a little bit more optimistic hmm. for some kind of dovish, the potential of some kind of dovish result from yesterday's GDP print. But... We'll see. You know, you just have to kind of roll with the punches with the Fed and see what they're going to do and and not fade them when they um, ultimately make their decision. Yeah. They hit the market. Yeah. So, but I think if they, what's up? Yeah. So I was just going to say, so final point on that ZQ contract then um, is that clearly that's pricing in more than 50 basis points. So would you see that as the market in general is doing that or is this just a hedge against in the event that, that you know that they are more hawkish and they do go for 75 bips as opposed to the 50 bips uh, i don't i don't know if it's been that tethered lately that it's it's right. you know a, a case where the market and the market is pricing that in necessarily right right i don't i think what has been norm what has been more of the norm recently is that the market hasn't really priced everything in as good as everyone has said it would Right. Mm-hmm. Or as efficiently as everyone assumed it would. Um, so I think it's more just related to that contract and and not really, you know, uh, the market as a whole outside of it. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Nice one, mate. Um, cheers. Clearing up. I will. Uh, I'll hop off. All right, brother. Have a good weekend, man. You too, mate. Take care. Talk to you soon. All right. Does anyone else want to hop on? Hot slippery, no thoughts, just vibing on my first call. Nice man, I'm happy that you're vibing. We have uh, we have another twenty minutes if you guys want to keep it going. Keep on, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, how's it going? Good. How are you? Yeah, man. Cool. Just uh, catching up on errands, so hopefully it's not too loud in the background. But no, not at all. Uh, yeah, so I guess um, hopefully you can kind of like suss out like what I'm trying to get at when I ask. So I kind of, I kind of came in um, like probably towards the third quarter, uh, not like of the year, but like roughly like 
towards the end, third quarter of just the overall, you know, bull run cycle and everything. And, you know, it didn't buy the top, but like definitely missed out on, you know, like the early stuff, like the actual, like only reason why I came out with like any, and like looking back in hindsight, this was certainly like 95% luck of like, oh, that makes total sense. Let's just do this. I ended up buying a bunch of XRP like the day after the lawsuit happened because I thought, oh, it's down. Everyone's freaking out. Probably a good idea. But like I had, you know, only had <laughs> like a KuCoin account for like a week at that point. Um, yeah. And then I sold it, you know, somewhere like dollar fifty or whatever. Um, obviously not enough to make it like definitely still, you know, need another couple cycles or whatever. But I guess, um, yeah, like for someone who hasn't made it, but is interested in making the most out of the next macro cycle, whenever that should come. Um, what would you say would be some things to like, make sure you do towards the beginning? Would it be like load up on Bitcoin or Ethereum? Like when, you know, when you're getting signs of like, um, hitting like the, like the super low moving averages and stuff, or like just some general, you know, maybe pro tips in terms of like, yeah, don't do that, do that. Uh, and then also in terms of like, um, I guess with the current conditions, I've been having mixed results. Like if I'm trying to scalp and I'm being really disciplined about entries and exits, I'm doing okay. But in terms of like, um, and I think you've touched on this in the last couple um, streams, like in terms of like holding, waiting for continuation on a play, um, we're just not really seeing any of that. So like I've, I've round tripped, you know, more trades than I would, you know, uh, <laughs> like to obviously. Um, so yeah, like, should I probably just like, you know, uh, stay low time frame, or, you know, what would you say, uh, in terms of like being active now? Um, I guess, so sorry for the two part question, but no, no problem. Got. <clears throat> so at, as far as like trading now, like I was thinking about this recently, cause I even said on my streams, it's like, ah, I'm not even trading as much as I, I normally would. And it, partially because of conditions, but partially just because I think I've, better things to do right now than sit in front of the market when it's not as fun to trade. <clears throat> um, trading low time frames, though, the, the, one of the biggest things, if you're going to trade, be a lower time frame trader um, and more of a scalper. And I'm not like a scalper, hardcore scalper. So some people think I'm like a hardcore scalp. I, I scalp. I'll take scalps when their market is you know, moving a certain way. But a lot of the times I'm just a lower time frame intraday trader where I'm trading you know, maybe my positions are like an hour to two hours long. Maybe they're slightly longer sometimes. Maybe they're slightly less. But if if you're going to be a low time frame trader in general, the most important thing I think is like self control, like the discipline to actually get out when you know that you're not. You know, you might. You, there's always that feeling of like if you're in a trade and you're at the first resistance, like maybe this is the one that's going to rip through, and then. I don't want to chase it and you start telling yourself a story that maybe the market is bottoming and this would be such a great higher time frame entry. And it yeah. really comes down to if you're going to decide to trade low time frames, really just zooming in and staying very focused where you're trading locally and having ultimately just, it sounds kind of cliche and motivational kind of, but having the discipline to constantly get out on each trade because you're playing, you know, you're playing a game of numbers. You're not playing, for the home run and you'll right. miss out on a, you know, you ultimately, if you're a low time frame trader only and you don't have exposure 
to the long side from like a swing standpoint and a portfolio standpoint, you could leave a lot, you leave a lot of money on the table, like no matter what. You know, the, I always say like one thing that, and I think you end up developing it when you're in the market for a long time, is that you want to be a generalist because you want to be able to take that trending play, you know, that's based on higher time frame, moving average, flipping for the first time in, you know, a year. You want to be able to have, you know, the confidence to get it into longer term positional, you know, investment type of trades. And then also have, you know, your bread and butter, maybe separate strategy or separate setup. Um, but you don't want to just be a low time frame trader only. Not in this market. I mean, you've seen how things move whenever there is, you know, a very strong trend. But if yeah. in these conditions right now, it's not a trending environment. It's a ranging environment. So one of the first things you have to do is be able to answer that question to begin with. And that does that does most of the work, right? If you're able to be honest and say, okay, it's not a trending environment right now. Like stop trying to play for the beginning of a trend, just trade it like a range. And then, yeah, you have to, you have to be disciplined to, to get out of every trade, no matter what, you know, once it sat, you know, once it hits your target, once you see the signs that pull you out of a trade, it doesn't have to be, a, you know, a lot of my trades I pull out, not because they hit a certain level, but also because they start to show a certain, you know, type of behavior, you know, in the order flow, yeah. like, might completely flip. And you have to be able to get out of that and be like, okay, on to the next, you know, wipe your hands. There's, there's a hundred more trades coming in the next, you know, in the next week. Like that one doesn't mean anything. And, and hopefully you do that long enough to where you actually do just get kind of numb to seeing things actually do really well when you get out. And it, it's upsetting at first because if you cling to that, you'll think, well, fuck, I'm just going to hang on to the next one. Um, and then you break your, you break your discipline, right? But you're going to get to a point where, I mean, I, I, I joke about it. Like I have so many trades that got away from me that like, you know, I was, I was trading Solana at $3, you know, I was trading AVAX and in, in single digits and, and, you know, down in 10 to $20 trading them, but then they ended up doing, you know, 10 to a hundred X. So that's just like the path that you're going to be on. If that's your goal to be a trader, you know, crypto is the benefit of crypto is, it is a young market. There's going to be some great long-term investment plays that you also want to have exposure to. Um, as far as like, you know, I, I think the first part of your question was kind of like knowing when to kind of step on the gas and when it's time to unload your dry powder. Um, there's a lot of things in this market that have worked in the past that I think will continue to be useful. Um, one of them is, you know, when the market, when futures are trading very backwardated to spot markets, that, you know, the, the funding is like one of the first surface level things to show up, you know, funding being consistently negative price, you know, not making any new lows. That's fine. We haven't really had a case of that yet where funding has been really negative and prices you know, not making new lows. Unless you go back to um, if you go back to uh, last year, June and um, the June and July when funding was, you know, one way and open interest was increasing and it was kind of at that point it was like when price reclaimed the range it was kind of obvious <clears throat> or you know another sign is when like i said to start futures are backwardated like really deep backwardation meaning like the further out contracts are trading below spot this has been like a really good signal in the past but again the signals we have from the past are very very limited past so it is what it is you got to take it more or less not with a grain of salt but understanding small sample size the 200 day the 200 weekly average 
it's a scary average now because it's very far below us. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, I think someone said like, at a certain point, like it's going to come to us or we go to it. And I'm looking at it like, yeah, like I don't, I don't, like I can see that happening in like Q3 or Q4. Yeah, so I think like, I, I've I've said that a few times. A bunch of right. people, you know, because it's a moving average. So if, if prices move sideways perfectly, moving averages would all become price, right? Because they're just an average. Um, but the the two hundred moving average, the two hundred weekly, it has been, you know, it's one of those. We have like really important structural levels that are static. They're not dynamic. They don't move. They're horizontal. You know, your horizontal support and resistance zones. You know, your major swing highs and swing lows. But then we also have very significant dynamic levels, and the 200 is a very significant dynamic support. So if we if we came to it, that would be pretty violent because it would imply right now, like if we came to it right now, we would have to drop from 38 to 21. But what could happen is price chops, moves lower, grinds around, and then it catches up to us. And then maybe the 200 at that point is like at... 27 or 28 right it, it would catch up to us though that's the point um yeah so i think that is a really good long term like no matter what like i don't care i'm buying spot putting it away and not looking at it again cool um but i i don't we're not close to any of those pieces of criteria yet um you know we could be going through just a much longer sideways period before we get anything and and then it might come to a point where like Let's say we are into Q3 and we're just kind of grinding back up towards the highs, you know, sort of like back in June of 2020, um, back in September of 2020, when it was like, okay, we've been holding towards the highs now for a while and we're kind of drifting higher. And at that point, it could be a market where you could just walk in, Um, but it'll probably be like a month or two of really boring conditions, but it's just gradually going higher and then i think at that point you just kind of got to be like okay you know um this is making slightly higher highs and higher lows like it is grinding upward and maybe the big move won't happen until you get to the all-time high again and that's entirely possible and then it's like if you don't get in there you could have gone in at 54 but then suddenly you know (laughs) this would be great suddenly if you didn't do that now you have to decide if you want to buy at 75 you know or 90 so (laughs) but yeah, I mean, those are a few things. If you hit me up on, um, send me a message on, uh, or I'll message you on um, Twitter, a couple things that I also kind of, they kind of work out. Um. Hey, I think I lost you for a second. Um, can you hear me? Don't know if that. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think it, it dropped out for a second. Okay. But yeah, I'll message you on Twitter some points that I like to look at, and uh, we'll take it from there. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, also, I want to. Um, so, uh, I guess obviously you probably just know me through like Twitter and like crypto and stuff. Um, but so I've been playing guitar for like fifteen years, and that's actually what I was doing like the last five years. I was like a music director at a church and did the whole guitar thing and oh, all that. So, yeah, I wanted to kind of reach out. Like, if you wanted to, like, you know, exchange, um, well, I don't know how you would do, like, a, a joint, like, crypto guitar thing. But if you wanted, like, some, um, I guess, like, guitar material or just stuff to work on or 
um, any of that, I'd love to be able to help out if you're wanting to do some of that. Uh, oh, absolutely, now. man. That would be that would be more, more than welcomed. I will. Um, cool. I'll send you my email address, and you could correspond with me through there. But uh, yeah, I just got um, I just got a, a new Martin. I got him. In a, it's it's like a mahogany Martin. It's really nice. But it's the first time I picked, yeah, yeah, picked yeah. one up in like probably 10, 15 years. Um, it's it's great. It's like you know you got to get. I mean, you you wouldn't know because you have been doing it forever. But it's, first, it's like kind of weird again to just even press down on the frets and and move from one chord to the next. But it's great to see it start to slowly come back, you know. And then mm-hmm. it's just something else outside of Marcus right now. And it's 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 you've been playing, so you know what it's like to create sound that sounds good, and then you know just kind of rip on yeah. your own and pass the time. But yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. send you my email address. And uh, yeah, I would love anything that you have that might be helpful. Right on. Cool, man. Cool. Um, awesome, man. I All right, buddy. It. Enjoy your weekend. Cool. Yeah, you too. Take it easy. All right, guys. I'm probably going to wrap it up. We are, it's almost two o'clock. I have, uh, I have a designer coming to the house again for, we had all of our house redone and uh, still waiting on all of the furniture that was ordered back in August, but she's coming today again to do some, who knows, I have to just, you know, follow my wife and give opinions and nod yes to everything. But, um, I think that'll be it. We'll wrap it up. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys have a, uh, fantastic weekend. I do these every Friday now. So every Friday, occasionally throughout the week, I'll throw one in, but Um, I can't even say that because it's like few and far between that I've done it that way. But then I also stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m. So same time, but on YouTube. All right, guys, as always, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy your weekend. Um, Enjoy your time outside of the market because it's not worth your time. That's for sure.